and welcome to Then Again. I am Marie, and I have with me a very special guest, Melissa of Hatchem. And today we are going to be talking about American Girl dolls in honor of their 35th anniversary. On May 5th, 1986, the Pleasant Company released a few historical themed dolls. They are 18-inch dolls, and they had a variety of backstories and books that have then grown and grown and grown to include so many historical characters, dolls of today, dolls that look like you, bitty babies, and that have had such an influence on young girls' lives and also young girls' interest in history. So that's what we're going to be really talking about today. I'm so happy to have you here, Melissa. I'm so happy to be here. This is one of my favorite subjects. I love talking about American Girl Dolls and the book. Everything about this just really makes me excited. American Girl Dolls have been such a large part of, of my life. And I'm sure they've also been, you know, as we've talked, they've been a large part of your life too. So can you tell us a little bit about how you were introduced to American Girl Dolls? Absolutely. I was introduced to the American Girl Dolls. I think I might've been around five years old. I was, I was actually at, I think it was a dentist's office and we were going through like one of those little catalogs that, you know, the little magazines they have out in the reception area. It wasn't even an American Girl magazine. It was something completely unrelated. But at the end, they had an ad for Bitty Babies. And I, now I think about, I think I might have been four. I looked at my mom and I just said, oh, mommy, she looks just like me. And that was such a big deal because in the 90s, all the dolls, you know, they were blonde hair, blue eyes and everything. To see a doll that had dark hair and dark eyes like I did was such a big deal. And I was so excited. So for my birthday, my parents ended up getting me the bitty baby I saw in the catalog. And then after that, we started getting the American Girl catalog sent to us. Mm -hmm. And everything just kind of spiraled from there. Because uh, I would just sit on, I just remember laying on my living room floor and just flipping through it and just looking at everything and just being absolutely enamored by the different time periods and how the girls all look different and all their accessories and the play set. And I can't remember exactly how old I was, but not too long later, I ended up getting Samantha, which again, mommy, she looks just like me, yeah. <laughs> especially because I had uh, long, dark hair and uh, brown eyes and everything. So that was exciting. And then I ended up getting an American Girl doll every year for Christmas for a while. <laughs> I don't exactly remember how long, but I just remember one year for Christmas, all I got was like, I got, I think Felicity and Elizabeth and I got like their dresses and but like I got like a bunch of different dresses that was all I got for Christmas that year I just it, it just I can't imagine how much it costs looking back on it um but like it was when the movie came out the Felicity movie mm -hmm. so I got a bunch of different dresses from the movie and it was fascinating and I think that really influenced a lot of what I do today and who I am today. Because I definitely remember when the Felicity movie came out because Felicity, if you, if our listeners don't know, she is the American Revolutionary War doll. And I think one of the very interesting things about Felicity and her stories is they all take place in colonial Williamsburg, which is actually a historic site. It's a living history site that you can visit today. And it has ignited a fire in me to visit colonial Williamsburg that has been burning since I was in second grade. And I still haven't like actually done it yet. But one day I will. It's on my list in like the next couple of years to get there. My husband and I went to Williamsburg for my birthday. And it was 100% because of how much I love Felicity growing up. Yes. I remember walking through one of the stores and I'm like, oh, this is just like her dad's shop. This is so cool. Yes. And it's just, it's the power of his stories and adult and characters also teaching about history 
and like wanting to have people visit these historic sites that were influenced in the story, but like the story that is history, that's the story of the United States. That it's just, it, I think Felicity is definitely one because her story is set in colonial Williamsburg. That is right. like such an intact or recreated town versus some of the other dolls where they have very distinct places and and such but they're like Samantha's set in Mount Bedford New York which is actually not a real town but it's very much based off of a two towns that they kind of smoosh together to like create Mount Bedford so it's a real place in a sense because it's based off a real place but it's not truly a real place but her house the house that is on like her um her meat book the house and behind her is an actual real house that you can you can't visit it because someone actually owns it but it was used in another movie in the 80s and then also it's it's a real house that you can like I just want to go walk on that street and like see it because it's real her house is my favorite because it wasn't the first round of books that they put out but I think it might have been the second round of books mm-hmm. with especially with Samantha they ended up re-editing the books with new illustrations uh like it's the same story mm-hmm. but different illustrations but her house was in the background of one of the covers oh I think of actually two of the covers it was in the second round I think in the third round of books mm-hmm. but her house is on the cover I'm just like she has the best house ever that is obviously I wasn't thinking like this because it wasn't 2021 but I was thinking oh that is like hashtag goals right there that is that was essentially what was going on through my head I'm just like that I want that house when I grow up and I think I think the house had it definitely influenced why Samantha was one of my favorites because uh everything about her the 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 clothes the house I'm like oh this is so beautiful yes Samantha and that's things I I have to find that house (laughs) I have to I have to, I have to find that house now. Yes. It's, if you do like Samantha house, I think you can, it'll pull up. But I just, I realized it was real at one point. I was like, oh my gosh, I want like, I know people like actually live there that are not just like, they're just normal people who want to live in the house. But I'm like, I wonder if they let me inside. Like, (laughs) oh, that just makes it so much more real, you know, (laughs) like what you were saying about Colonial Williamsburg. Mm -hmm. I live in, I live very close to Philadelphia. And like the Philadelphia of my time is very different from the Philadelphia of Addie's time, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, in the Civil War time period. I mean, we have some of the historic buildings, but it's it's not the same. Not like going to Colonial Williamsburg and being able yeah. to walk. Yeah, the, the little shells are all in all over the ground and makes things so much different when you're able to experience it in an immersive way like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my favorite things about American Girls is that it made history immersive. And, you know, through the stories because American Girl Doll for a very long time had the six book series where they had you know everyone had their first book which was meet historical characters so like meet Kaya meet Felicity meet Samantha meet Kit and then they would have the second book which was um, the character learns a lesson it was about school and how learning happened in those different time periods and then and I loved- third- oh you didn't like the school books no I loved it I loved oh, you it the school books <laughs> we were going to school every day I'm just and I would be able to kind of compare how things were versus you know how it was in where I was growing up and I remember hitting I think I've been there for sixth grade and all of a sudden our desks were different in school yeah and I remember thinking like oh this is like the desks in like the in uh I guess it was probably Samantha because you know, it was the one where like mm-hmm. the the seats are attached and everything yeah well, Samantha so I think it was attached to the person in front of you mm-hmm. but like it was close enough where I felt very cool to be in this to be in those desks where it wasn't a table and a chair it was like connected yeah <laughs> so that that was just like a little weird way that the American Girl series kind of seeped into my life and my daily experiences yes 
I definitely read a lot of my American Girl Love books while in school after finishing assignments. Oh yeah, and me too. <laughs> it was so fun because you're you're right. It's you are in school, but you're learning about how school was different in different time periods as compared very directly to your own experience. Exactly. And, and that's it, that's one of the best things about the books, how they would kind of help you find ways that you could relate to history. Yeah. It made it very relatable. And because like, you know, the third book that's um I think is usually it was surprise for yes. the character. And usually that was set around the holiday season most of the characters celebrated Christmas I do believe except Rebecca who is Jewish and therefore I thought it was very interesting and introduced the concept of because she was early 1900s and in her books you know her class is making Christmas ornaments but she's Jewish and she doesn't feel right doing that and her family has some questions about it and I thought that was a very interesting uh, struggle that I'm sure a lot of people still still deal with today is you know your culture versus a more dominant culture and how do you interact with that at school and also Kaya Kaya did not have hers was a whole different title yeah her her books were all um her books were all titled differently except for the first one the last one the first one was still meet Kaya the last one was still changes for Kaya uh but her her third book was actually called Kaya's Hero oh yes and she does receive a very special gift in that, which is, um, spoiler alert, <laughs> but uh, there's this member of uh, the community that she really looks up to. And um, when that person passes away, the person left her her, her, her saddle, which Kai had adored. And also left her the gift of her name to use later. And that was such an interesting concept because that's not really something that uh, we're used to in normal, in, you know, in our, that's not something that we're used to in my area society i'm not sure uh in other areas if that's something they're more familiar with but the idea that she could have her name when she's older mm-hmm. that was so fascinating yeah. and and that's one of the things that american girl doll has expanded it's introducing different cultures and that are all still american they're all still american girls but all the different american girl experiences from different cultures and different time periods because kaya her full name is kaya tonamai uh she is from the Pacific Northwest, and she is a part of the Ninipu, or as they are known today, the Nez Pierce tribe, a Native right. American tribe. And her stories are set in the 1760s. And usually all American Girl Dolls, they end in a four, like 1764, 1904, 1864, with very few to remember. <laughs> it makes things much easier to remember. Yes, it does. <laughs> but then there is, I think, they deviated that from that for a couple different dolls, one of which was Cecile and Marie Grace because they right. wanted it to be in New Orleans during the yellow fever epidemic. Right. So and think- like the fact that it's 1853 shouldn't bother me, but it kind of does. Instead of the other ones where it's 1864 to 1865. Right. And yeah. like it turns me off just just a little bit <laughs> and it's just like I'm like it shouldn't but it does yes. <laughs> like I, I get why you did it but it still bothers me I'm like I understand that not all historical events end in a four but if we could make it work <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> just and for like, consistency's sake right and like I mean to be fair like 
the formula, the American Girl doll books, that's something I really loved about them. Like the fact that they were all the first one meeting them and it takes place this time period. The second one is a school story. The third one's a holiday story. The fourth one is a birthday story that takes place in the spring. Like I liked that formula and I like being able to compare more easily the different time periods and different experiences. And these stories are so diverse. It was so cool to see the different experiences because then I can relate to them in different ways, no matter what time period it was. And I just think that was pretty awesome to have as a young girl growing up outside of Philadelphia in the, yeah. the 90s and the early 200, 2000s. Yeah. And especially for us as, as young girls, I think because usually when we look at at history or we're being taught history it's, it's battles and it's these presidents and to have someone that's a you know a child but also mm-hmm. a, a girl what would a girl's experience be like that makes it very relatable and makes it far more more interesting to, to me exactly. because I could relate to it which really got me just interested in the whole learning all about history because I was like what if I had been born in this different time period like what would my life have been like and kind of like putting myself into the story and I think that that's definitely influenced my my job choice. Um, it definitely <laughs> influenced and uh, how I look at you know historical reenactment and hi- living history and historical costuming that we uh, do. So I, I think that's just so like I can trace it all back to American Girl. <laughs> so can I? I mean, first off, I was interested in history, but I was interested in the people, not the events as much. Like I I didn't care about the battles. I I don't want to hear you know, the war started in this time period. And in this, I don't want to hear that the war started in this year, ended in this year. This is when this particular law was passed, unless it, yeah, there's a lot of history. It's all just kind of like dates and battles and Mm -hmm. men. So the fact that there was something that was so relatable and so people oriented Mm -hmm. and like for mostly like, you know, everyday people. I mean, Mm -hmm. sure, it's like Samantha was very rich and, you know, kids, family had, uh, were doing poorly and had taken borders, but like they were still like everyday people. Mm -hmm. They're people that you could recognize is being real <laughs> if that makes and that just makes you experience it in a completely different way definitely I hadn't even really thought about that but there are you know different American girl dolls have different socioeconomic levels too because Samantha you know she has her very wealthy grand Mary that she lives with in 1904 and then you have Kit who's you know it's, she's in the Great Depression and it's, it's rough and her dad has lost her job and goes off to a different town and her brother has gone to work in the government programs and like they're still taking in borders and dividing off rooms and she has to go live in the attic and I remember that so <laughs> so distinctly and I remember just reading this and like how she was all like kind of not 100% happy about giving up her room and I'd be like but the attic is such a cooler room like why would you not want to be in the attic I mean, she had a whole cool setup up there she really did like a little typewriter at her desk yeah. the, the rolling top every time I see a desk like that I think it can't damn there there are very much things that I see where I'm just like, ah, and then I, it, it still relates back to my head. Like when I see an artifact in a museum or I'm at a historic place, it still in my mind traces back to an American girl doll. I'm like, oh, that's like what Molly would have had. Or, oh, that's like what, you know, that's, you know, insert historical character from the correct time period. That's I, I completely relate. That's how I would be too, like in museums or even in school, learning about certain things. Like it was so much easier to to keep track of the dates and what was going on when I had a doll that I could relate it back to. Yeah, because I think it 
it makes it human. They, it exactly. makes history human. And I think that that's one of the brilliant things of American Girl that has honestly, I think, shaped the way I look at, you know, historical education is making it human, making it relatable, because we all have those human experiences. We all have birthdays. We all have holidays that we celebrate. We all have changes in our life because the last book, it's, it's about changes. Mm-hmm. Um and like usually it it relates to changes in their personal life, but also changes that are going on within society that they're in at this time. And I think it's so interesting as well because the girls in the stories, they're and correct me if I'm wrong, they're eight and they turn nine or they're nine and they turn ten. They might have been a little bit all right. So the thing that I always remembered was that dolls were for eight and up. <laughs> yes, and I think that's always influencing my perception. <laughs> I think I always assumed they were eight, but I think they might have been a little bit older. Yeah. Like that, that is something I should know. No, and the fact that I don't bothers me. (laughs) They're not all the same age. They have been portrayed from 8 to 12 years old. Wow. Right. Because I know Molly is nine. Mm-hmm. You can tell I'm actually like referring to my, my book collection right now. They don't all say ages. And then, of course, Kaya and her society and her community keep track of dates in a completely different way. Exactly. Uh, which is fascinating, really. Yeah. And like, I remember uh, Josefina's uh, story. I'm pretty sure her hers wasn't her actual birthday. It was a feast day. Yes. Right? Yes, because their family was um, Catholic. And her patron saint, I think, was Joseph, who she's named after as Josefina. So her birthday was actually celebrated on the feast day of her patron saint. Which, and I, I, I was raised Catholic, so I'm like, all right, so that's March 19th. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I when I think one of my favorite stories is uh, surprises for Josefina and this the beautiful story of you know when she's asked to portray Mary in her community uh, going through her community on this donkey and just you know that ends in their church and it's just like essentially a warm it still gives me a warm happy feeling just thinking about it me too me too it's just again because I was raised Catholic that was an area that was very relatable to me mm-hmm. now I that doesn't mean I can't enjoy like Rebecca's story oh yeah or you know just all the other different ways that they celebrate the holidays Mm -hmm. but it was cool having at least one that I could really strongly relate to also Mm -hmm. because it actually made me appreciate the other stories even more yeah yeah. because I'm just like oh this is how I experienced but then that just means that this other experience is just as real you know and it helps you relate or not relate to it, but it helps you understand it in a more personal way. Because it's kind exactly. of like having a friend tell you about their life. Exactly. Versus learning it from an almost more, I don't want to say clinical, but like more objective point of view, or I guess. It's, it's less personal when it's not, you're not reading it in this way. Mm-hmm. Because the way the story's always opened up, there's always the, the family and friends pages where you could see who their parents were, who their mm-hmm. siblings were, who people in their community were that were important to them. Mm-hmm. And that just means so much more real for me mm-hmm. uh it made it re- i was able to experience it as if these girls were friends mm-hmm. as opposed to just a character i'm reading about in this book it, it just brought it to a different level and i think even the fact that there were six books for each one made it just that much more real than me because yeah, you get one book that's fine but when you have six different stories these girls going through like a year and a half of their lives yeah that just made it so much it made me experience it differently I think and I think that's why these books stuck with me the way they did and why they still mean so much to me yeah because 
not only do you have the books, but you have their their world, I think is usually how it was almost advertised. And that's, you know, you have the doll. And I mean, for me as an only child, like I very much played with my dolls all the time. Like they were, you know, my imaginary friends were like my dolls. Like I didn't have, you know, an invisible person, but I had my doll. So, like they were my friends. <laughs> Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. And yeah, they, I definitely played with those dolls more than most anything, but I was able to play kind of more realistically because I had all these stories I could build off of. So I had like, I'm like, well, this is her personality. This is this one's personality, you know, and having like the different clothes and being able to dress them in it uh, just Uh, made you experience it differently. My start of my love for historical fashion came from dressing my American Girl dolls because especially that early, that early stuff, American Girl dolls, as Melissa and I um, ranted a little bit about before we started this recording, (laughs) have gone a little off the rails when it comes to some historical accuracy and some of their more modern historical dolls. They, They keep pushing more modern and they keep bringing they're not as accurate with their older dolls um but their historical dolls and they just re-released six of their historical dolls original historical dolls in their original meat outfit exactly oh it's so so good they're so good such historical accuracy was thought into making these 18 inch doll clothes and especially with but all of them really they're just all very accurate and very good and that's how i you know honestly that's it i can trace it right back to there like the dress like your doll started my love of historical fashion and just so accurate and because they not just do they have the clothes but they have their beds and their accessories Mm -hmm. and at one point I think Felicity had a carriage and Samantha had a sleigh and yeah those were like next level purchases that I never got I also my mom was like I'm not spending that much money on a carriage for your doll maybe for you uh but no not (laughs) my mom's just like no (laughs) I think I even I think I knew better than even ask especially because they had like the little prices next to it and it's so funny looking back now because like the dolls originally were eighty dollars and and now you remember that was like, oh, that's so much money. I can't ask for that. But then like now they're like 150. I'm just like, oh, geez. So, but that is, that's getting kind of steep. It, it really <laughs> but, is. It, it is. Uh, but I mean, to go back to comparing then and now, I mean, if you, yeah. it's, and it's very easy to do now because of those re-release styles, you can compare what the original Samantha outfit was compared mm-hmm. to the one now. I think Felicity may have been archived again, but like you can compare mm-hmm. what the, the doll they were selling, you know, a couple of years ago compared to the one they were selling when we were growing up. Yeah. And there is a huge difference between those two dolls, uh, just when it comes to like the fabric choices and mm-hmm. certain cuts, like Samantha, like certain dolls, like Josefina, she's pretty close. I can deal with that. But like Samantha is completely different. Yes. And it's there's wild. You're like, oh, you chose like a little different fabric for a different skirt. Like how nice. And then there's some people where they chose like a whole different silhouette that's nowhere close to accurate. And you're just like, how, how did that I, get past somebody? It, I, I can't get over Samantha's headband. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but she has like this headband that kind of looks like a flower on the, the side. It's very modern looking. And I'm just like, where's her bow? Oh, I love that hat. That hat was so good. Um, like the only thing I was I was looking at her actually yesterday. I was sending I actually took a screenshot of the two side by side and said to my husband, I'm like, look at the difference. But, um I, I think the only thing that she has that's similar is like her little purse. She still has
has like a similar little purse, mm-hmm. but that feels like it's it. And I'm just like, her locket with her parents' pictures in it. Where is it? Like, that's so important to the story. And I think that's part of why these dolls are just so cool because the little accessories, like you can tell the attention to detail. Yeah. You could tell how like every little piece had like a story and how mm-hmm. it related back to their, uh, back to the books mm-hmm. like um i remember josefina had the necklace that tia dolores gave her and she had the little pouch so she would keep little mementos of her mother like as she was going by she would like like i remember picking the flowers and putting them in her purse for her mom because they remind her of her mother and like that like they weren't just accessories they were part of the story yeah and that's what made them so interesting yeah or the the quilt that kurt kirsten had where the quilt that she had all of you know people sign and the signature quilt which were very popular for pioneers in the 1800s which exactly matches up with Kirsten's story and it was so important to her because it was made for her birthday and just like all of her friends sewing on it and also one of the things that I always think about when I walk through our galleries here at the Northeast Georgia History Center is when I get to the World War II section and there is a they're either called like sun and service banners sometimes but I mean it's just it means that you have a, a family member in service and it's just a white pendant with a blue star for having a person in the military that were so very very common in world war ii and people would hang them in their windows and i i think about molly and the scene in the movie so so it's just so real and i i I see that scene in the movie from molly every time i pass this the service banner is when her father leaves and her mom hangs it in the window Mm -hmm. and it it just it brings the story to life through artifacts as well right are basically they aren't just accessories some of exactly. the things that american girl dolls have are just reproduction historical artifacts right. yeah i actually saw one of those stars hanging in a window of my neighborhood i don't remember when it was within the last five years mm. and like i like it really hit me what that star means mm-hmm. and it also put me back to when i was you know eight years old reading the books yeah. and like i instantly thought of molly when i saw that when i saw that star and like i know i should be thinking of a doll when i <laughs> when i passed a symbol that somebody family members in the military but it just kind of like it was a weird moment for me where I just kind of got like a chill thinking of the two different you know thinking about how it relates and just what that means in the gravity situation and mm-hmm. I definitely reacted to it differently than if I just passed it not having that background in because American did you even know what it was if you had I'm not sure I would have I'm not sure I would have I'm sure there are people who who are way more observant than I am who would have uh, known what that meant but that wasn't something that you're taught in school in the same exactly. way, you know? like somebody might they might mention a star but you're not gonna know what it looks like because the banner itself is very distinct looking yeah it has like the, the stripes and like the cut of it and everything mm-hmm. it's very distinct but like in school there's like oh it was a blue star if you had somebody in the military it was a gold star that person had died in the while in service. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think I would have recognized it if I had just been taught it in school versus mm-hmm. seen it in the books and also in the movie. Yeah. Uh, which I was actually just able to find it at a thrift store literally last weekend. I just bought the Molly movie. Um, <laughs> I saw it and I'm just like, oh, I need to have this. Yes, I really wish. There's only three, okay, I guess technically three or four. 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 Technically four, if you include the Kit Kittredge movie that kind of didn't follow the books at all. But... <laughs> I haven't watched it in a while. I actually, that's actually the other one. That's the other one I bought the first store this weekend. Because yes. <laughs> I already had Samantha and Felicity and I saw those two in the in um, the secondhand bookstore. And I'm like, oh, if I buy these two, that completes my DVD collection. <laughs> 
I really wish that they had made movies for all of them, but the four movies that we do have of the historical characters are really good. And I, again, bring history to life. And also, not just with your stories, but in the back of every little book. And also, um, they had a whole separate book called basically The Character's World that went through more in depth. They were basically, so the ones in the back of the books were called Peek into the Past. Right. And then the big books were called Welcome to, insert characters' names here, World. Yes. Welcome to Felicity's world. Welcome to Kirsten's world. And I think that that talked way more about the social history, but also the material culture of that doll than I think I learned in any textbook. Easily. Because in the textbooks, they're more focused on events. They're not focused Mm -hmm. on day-to-day lives of these people. And that is what I always found so interesting. Yes. It's basically like a house museum, but like in a book. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or like really long social change events that don't necessarily have they might be have big events that are part of them but also there's a lot of little things like how I I keep going to Samantha because I really like that and also she's just like one of the oldest characters because I think the first original three were Molly Kirsten and Samantha yes she's one of the oldest most well-known dolls but her aunt Cornelia was part of the women's suffrage movement exactly and And that just yeah just being like I think about that Honestly, when I think of suffragists, uh, the the two places I go to are Aunt Cornelia yes. and the mom from Mary Poppins, yes. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I should, I feel like I should, my mind should be going in different places. Uh, but I just remember Aunt Cornelia and the, the way they portrayed it. It's so cool. I was like, oh, she's awesome. I want to be her when I grow up. Yeah, I think it was so interesting because, okay, for some reason, Samantha was marketed as a Victorian doll, even though she's in 1904. And technically the Victorian era ended in 1901 when Queen Victoria died. Also, she's in America and usually Victorian. I think in America, we kind of use it to describe our 1800s too because there was so much influence from Great Britain and still from Queen Victoria in that time. Exactly. But it relates more or less to to Great Britain. But again, at that point, Britain was ruling the world and had a colonial empire that never, you know, the sun never set on it. So even though we were not a part of it, we were, because, you know, American Revolution, we're still heavily influenced by decisions and especially the queen's social decisions you know right. rides in america was still wanting to wear white like queen victoria and her daughters exactly and it, that still carries through today yes yeah, so i understand why they were using the word victorian but she's honestly an edwardian doll like not even like culturally it's just or you know just based on date she's edwardian right edwardian. but even based off of what she experiences in the story it's such an edwardian yes looking at things like like the suffragist moment uh, movement yes. like that is so completely Edwardian mm-hmm. and the fact that she's marketed as a Victorian bell bothers me I know I read that one <laughs> I was like book. thought that was because but I think it's so interesting is especially I think it captures in the book you know changes is you have the tail end of the industrial revolution which kind of gets covered with Nellie O'Malley her friend mm-hmm. who is a poor factory worker that Samantha literally goes and rescues from an abusive factory situation um, you also have her grand Mary who is is Victorian. Oh, yes. Very, very Victorian and has all these ideas. But then you have Samantha and her Aunt Cornelia, Aunt Cornelia and her Uncle Guard who are very progressive Edwardians. And you kind of see like the clashing of Grand Mary and her era. And then you have like this new 
coming of age of, of progress and what does progress mean? And Samantha questions what progress means in a way that I was like, wow, like for a young right. child, it's such a, an interesting question of like, okay, we say we're making all this progress, but what does that mean really? Exactly. And that's so interesting. And I remember that scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. I remember it was such a big deal when the movie came out and I was so excited that it was Samantha and that was my first doll and she's one of my favorites. I'm like, oh, she gets a movie. Uh, but I remember that how they showed her speech about factories and um it's just oh it's so good (laughs) it's so good seeing her because originally her speech was about how factories are a good thing and how Mm -hmm. you know the the importance of progress and all that but then when she visited the factory because she was looking for Nelly she changed her speech Mm -hmm. so it was more about how uh, basically about child labor and how that's not a good thing and how we can't have progress if it's going to be hurting our children that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and like the way I just think it was interesting showing how she changed her mind Mm -hmm. because so often people you know they they stick to a decision or an opinion and then they just you know that's it they don't want to change but she's sure that she can change she can think about this in a different way and that was so interesting to me when I was when I was uh, little reading these books and like I'm just like oh it's okay to change your mind you can't you don't just definitely stick to your opinion yeah so like even even though like you know it's making a large commentary on factories and you know uh, child labor and all that. You can also take a small section out of it and be like, oh, it's okay to change your mind. Yes. And to a very, very personal level, like of just learning how to be a good human. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. I had an ultimate nerd moment and I think I was in sixth grade and we had a literary recital and we could mm-hmm. choose a portion of a book that we would then recite for our literary recital. And mm-hmm. I chose Samantha's speech. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So I memorized it and presented it to my class and, and, dressed up like Samantha. It was, it was glorious. Um, <laughs> I wish I had thought to do that when my, when I did that in school, I ended up being Helen Keller instead, Still, not the same, good yeah, which is also very good, very good choice. But you know, I'm like, oh, I couldn't take advantage of cosplayed Samantha. That was- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for our last question, if you could create an American Girl doll, what time period would it be? What would some of her, you know, accessories be if you thought about that? You know, mm-hmm. if you could create it all, American Girl doll company came to Hat to Hem and said, we need your help. What what would you do? What would you advise? This is a little selfish of me. <laughs> I like uh, I really like bustle dresses. <laughs> so I probably would have wanted one that was in the 1870s or 1880s. Which is a large gap that American Girl Doll has. I don't get how there's like the a second half of the 1800s. I don't get how there's this big like 30 year gap for 30, 40 year gap in these stories. <laughs> Especially because so many advances were being made of uh, you know various technologies and yeah, it was the industrial age. Just so many there are so many different ways that they could have made those stories interesting maybe they thought they were too close to samantha but i i thought that probably would have been kind of cool <laughs> i like that yeah she could have a little hat she could have you know a little purse <laughs> awesome jewelry. like there are ways that they could have really made that work uh mm-hmm. especially because like the dresses for young girls in that time were fairly similar to what the adults were wearing yeah like, they weren't quite so so long but like you know there's pretty much shorter versions that would have been really cool oh she could have had, like an overskirt an underskirt a little bodice mm-hmm. a little hat Oh, that, oh, would have been so nice. good. that would have been really nice. Just from a fashion perspective. And then also because American Girl doesn't have any doll from the second half of the 1800s. Yeah, it's 
the the last one I think they have is 1964 with Addie. Yes, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's it. And then it's a big gap, Samantha. Yes. And I'm just like, that's a, that's a very long time period. I don't think there's any other time period that I don't think there's any other big jump like that in the series. No, because especially now that they're especially now that they're kind of incorporating the uh, they're incorporating more stuff from the 1900s. Like now there's a doll for the 50s, a doll for the 60s, uh, a doll for and 80s, a doll for the 70s and 80s. The fact there's an 80s doll makes me feel old. I have a theory. <laughs> And this is American Girl Doll Marketing at work. This is and this is my theory. When generational, when basically when you have a daughter that is 10 years old, American Girl Doll will make a doll that is like your childhood. So you will buy it for your daughter to talk to them about your childhood. That really makes sense. Because when oh, I know that means, that means there's going to be a 90s doll out soon. I know. Then that's what I'm scared about. <laughs> <laughs> when, there's an when there's an early 2000s doll i'm just going to be like well yeah I'm old. that's, that's I'm what's gonna old now. yeah i think the uh the early 2000s doll is gonna be the one that's gonna upset me the most because that was like because like, yeah i was born in i was born in the early 90s the 90s was my childhood but i don't remember it in the same way other people do yeah <laughs> because i was i was young i was i think in kindergarten in 1997 mm-hmm so like it was a part of like my childhood, but like it's not you to the point where I was really noticing yeah. things yet. You weren't ten years old in the nineties. Exactly. It's yeah. when you get to the two thousands. That's what that's gonna hurt. It's gonna yeah. <laughs> but that's my theory because when I was ten, they came out with Julie, which was the seventies doll, and my mom was like, Oh my gosh, this is my childhood. She was like, Marie, I had a record player that looked just like this, and I have this record, and like I had this, this, and that. And it was fun because not only did what is it, you know, education educational in a historical sense, but it also was a connecting tool via that I got to learn about my mom's childhood. And you know what? That does kind of fit their formula when you think about it, because the original dolls came out in the 80s, right? Yes. 86 is when the first dolls came out. Right. And then the most recent doll they had in that original lineup was Molly yeah. in the 40s. So, and you know, it's hard to think of like the, the, the you know, the World War II time period and 80s being that close together, but they are. Yeah. So, uh, it does make sense that they they're releasing dolls in more recent mm-hmm. time periods. Yeah. Uh, regardless of how old that makes us feel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, this has been absolutely wonderful. I know I could talk about American Girl dolls all day, but this has been absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. This has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, I've had a really great time. This has been wonderful. And this uh, this is a subject that I can talk about a lot. Uh, I remember I was on, I think, my third date with my husband, and I went on a big rant about American Girl dolls. And the fact that he still continued to date me and eventually marry me says a lot about him and probably not as much about me. Um, but I've enjoyed this conversation this is one of my favorite topics and it's nice to just kind of talk about something that affects me now but also is such a big part of my childhood it's been really nice well maybe we'll have a part two (laughs) i'd be down for that (laughs) all right well thank you everyone so much for listening this has been then again with the northeast Georgia history center and we'll hear you next time bye then again is a production of the cottrell digital studio at the northeast georgia history center Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps other people discover the show. We also hope you'll join us for our free weekly live stream programs on Facebook Live and YouTube Live every week at 2 p.m. Eastern. Just search for the Northeast Georgia History Center and we'll pop right up. There are a few great ways to support the History Center. Make a donation online by clicking the donate button on our website at www.negahc.org. 
Become a digital member to receive exclusive invites to members-only live streams every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And you can register on our membership page at www.negahc.org. We also have an online gift shop with lots of great items for all ages. Use promo code THENAGAIN for 15% off your online order. Valid on anything except memberships and handmade items. We'll see you next week for another episode of Then Again. Thanks, y'all.